Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. In a well-known verse in the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How does this word dwell in us? Well, in this verse, chapter 3, verse 16, Paul gives a secret. But not many Christians today enjoy that secret practically in their daily living. So today's program, this Life Study of the Bible, is devoted to helping all of our listeners, and ourselves included, into this secret. Ron Kangas is with us today. And Ron, because we're talking about how to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly in all wisdom, it says, with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, I think uh, I'll ask you to give our listeners a little foretaste or a preview of what's in store for us today. Uh, The message in this segment in the ongoing Life Study of Philippians is really experiential and practical, I would say, to the uttermost. And we're turning to verses in Colossians and then in Ephesians to help us get into experientially and practically the whole matter of living Christ, magnifying Christ, stated clearly in Philippians 1. So a central matter will be the word of Christ dwelling in us richly. And we will see three main aspects related to this. The first is that things don't dwell. Persons dwell. So the word of Christ dwelling in that word is from the Greek word oikeo, to make home, to make a house, to have a dwelling place. That indicates the word is actually a person, Christ himself, settling down, making his home in our inward parts, parallel to Christ making his home in our heart in Ephesians 3. Then we see something that will probably strike many of the listeners as unusual, as it did with most of us when we first heard it, that when Paul mentions letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly, he doesn't speak of reading the word. He refers to psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. He is clearly linking the word of Christ dwelling in us with singing and psalming. And we will see there's a suggestion that we may get saturated with the word, not only in our mind that we memorized, but in our spirit, by singing and psalming with the word. Then third, there will be a parallel with Ephesians 5, about being filled in spirit and speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So here we have the word and the spirit 
linked together with Christ making his home in us. And all of this is to point to an actual and practical way for us to be saturated, permeated, constituted with the word of Christ, the essence of which is the Spirit, by receiving this word in all wisdom, which will imply the exercise of our spirit and not only of our mind, so that we have a way to live out the Christ who is saturating us, whose word is dwelling in us, who is making his home in us, in all wisdom through the exercise of our spirit. And we work this out by singing and psalming with the word. It's a fresh approach. It's a new approach. But those who have tried it can testify It is uplifting, it's supplying, it's nourishing, it's delightful. Uh, Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let's join Witness Lee for the first portion of our program today. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. The word of Christ has to inhabit you, taking you as his house. The expression is not so ordinary. Let the word of Christ inhabit you. Whatever can inhabit us must be something living. This expression personifies the word of Christ. Let Word of Christ as a living person inhabit you. And the living person of Christ is just the Spirit. So, when the Word of Christ dwells in us, this is the Spirit inhabiting us. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you. In what way? In all wisdom. What does this mean? It means in every way by your spirit. Wisdom is an issue that comes out of not the mind, but the spirit. Anything that comes out of your mind is knowledge, not wisdom. Wisdom is something deeper, something finer, something more profound. That is something that comes out of the exercise of our spirit. Why Paul, in such a verse, concerning lighting, the word of Christ dwell in you richly, he didn't mention the word reading. Because reading is the exercise of your mind. He says, in all wisdom, by exercising your spirit. Whatever comes out of your spirit, that is wisdom. He is pointing out the distinction in the Apostle Paul's writing that I think may be new to many of our listeners. Develop this thought about the difference between the mind and the spirit being the difference between mere knowledge and wisdom. An intriguing question here. Why didn't the Apostle Paul bring out the matter of reading when he's talking about the word dwelling in us? Well, it's a little hard, in fact, impossible to 
get into Paul's mind to ascertain why he expressed himself in this way and not in another way. But I'll take your question or your request as pointing us to what the text is saying and what the text means and what Paul chose not to say. He is talking about the word of Christ dwelling in us, making home in us, into all the inward parts of our being. And we have seen in previous messages in this series that the word is spirit and life in its basic element. Then Paul, instead of saying reading, which is mainly to get the knowledge we need, we're not minimizing the function of the mind and the need to read and study the word with our mind. The point is, that is not the emphasis here. He's talking about in all wisdom. This implies a contrast between wisdom, where it is and what it is, and knowledge, where it is and what it is. Knowledge is in the mind. It's based upon the exercise of the mind. When we read the Word of God, primarily with our mind, we will come away with knowledge of the Word. We're not ignoring this. We're not minimizing this. We're making a totally different point. If something is to saturate us according to God's way of working, it must involve our spirit. So Paul uses the expression, in all wisdom. And we know from the study of the Word, from our experience of Christ, and from our experience in the Christian life, that wisdom involves the spirit and not merely the mind. It is finer than knowledge. It is deeper than knowledge. It is more profound than knowledge. It's significant that in Ephesians 3, Paul says that through the church, God will make known through the principalities and powers in the heavenlies his multifarious wisdom, not God's knowledge, but God's immeasurably profound wisdom in managing the universe and overseeing everything in human history related to his eternal purpose. So Paul's emphasis on wisdom points us to the need for us to exercise our spirit. If the word is to dwell in us, in all wisdom, we have to do more than exercise our mind to read the word. We need to exercise our spirit so that we may activate Christ, who, according to 1 Corinthians one thirty, is wisdom to us from God, then we will see, probably, this will lead to Paul's going on to say, singing, psalming, hymns, spiritual songs. We will sing with the Spirit. And in this way, the wisdom, the singing, the psalming, and the word all fit together to serve the purpose of saturating our being with the very essence of the indwelling Word of Christ.
Ron, really a marvelous program today, and it's very experiential and practical. But as we're seeing, full of enjoyment. And whether it's by praying or reading the word or by singing, the key is to be brought into the experience and enjoyment of Christ, isn't it? Uh, This is the central point. When the word of Christ, Christ himself, dwells in us, this is a subjective experiential reality. We have this wonderful person, the all-inclusive Christ, the complete God, the perfect man, with all that he passed through to accomplish redemption and to be processed and consummated so that he may indwell us as the Spirit. When this Christ, through the Word, dwells in us, it is not only something we experience, we enjoy, we are delighted God delights in him. Now we are delighting in him, in the Christ who is making his home in us, in the Christ whose word is dwelling in us. And this delivers us from vain introspection and analysis. Instead of engaging in this fruitless activity, we turn to the Lord in our spirit, we exercise our spirit, we experience and enjoy the Christ who is in us, and open our being to be saturated with him as the word, which word is spirit and life. Let's go back to Witness Lee. I'm looking forward to this coming section and more time for us to fellowship. In what part of the Bible, especially the New Testament, it teaches you that whenever the Christians come together to meet. You have to come here just on time. And you have to come here to uh, pass through the gate and to look around where is the best seat for you. And then you sit down and you sit there quietly waiting for someone to start the meeting. What verses in the Bible could you find to this effect? There's not such a verse. You mean the Old Testament, when the children of Israel, they were coming together, not in this way. If you do know the Psalms and the history of Israel, you would realize that three times a year, I mean three feasts, Israel had to come together. You know, when and where they started their meeting. At the bottom, the foothill of Zion. When the people came together, they had to climb up the mount. From the foothill, from the bottom of the mount, they had to climb, 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 climb up to the top of the mount. I tell you, their meeting started from the foothill. It was from there they began to psalm those Songs of Ascent, recorded in Psalms 120-something. They began their meeting, not when they arrived at the temple. They began the meeting while they were on the way. While they were on the way, they began to sing, to sing. Our meeting is just an exhibition of our daily life. We just live this way. In our home, in our family, in our school, wherever we are, we live this way. What are we? Singing. Praising. We have to kill 
the influence of coming to the meeting in a formal way. Sing the word in your home, Amen. day and night, and build this up as a habit. Amen. Sing the word, then you come to a single meeting. And this will not be a kind of performance. This is our daily life. Amen. And our meeting is our exhibition of our daily life. Ron, the visual image that that portion in Psalms that he was describing uh, brings forward, the whole nation of Israel gathered here at the bottom of the mount, and the meeting begins, and they just climb step by step and bring the meeting to the top of the mount rather than waiting to have someone start it for them. Talk about this. What kind of a meeting would this be that is not a performance, but that is an exhibition, as he said, of a daily life that's like this? Well, there are two sources that may help us to respond to this very precious matter. There's a picture in the Old Testament that Brother Lee has just presented to us. And then there is the New Testament, what is present and what is not present. What is not present in the text is anything remotely to the traditional, formal, religious, dead way of meeting that prevails in all, or at least in the vast majority, of various manifestations of organized Christianity, whether it's Protestant or whatever else. People come in, sit down, they're quiet. Some buildings even have the sign, silence is befitting God's house, as if by being in that building we're in God's house, and then we're supposed to be quiet. If anyone would make a joyful noise, according to the Psalms, they would be frowned upon, if not ushered out of the meeting. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we have the thought there toward the end of the chapter, each one has. You come to the meeting like you come to a feast where everyone is bringing a portion for all to enjoy, you come to the meeting with something from your life with the Lord, and that may include a hymn, a psalm, a spiritual song. And so what you have in the New Testament is nothing formal, nothing predictable, but something vital and living. And the underlying principle of a genuine meeting of believers gathering truly as the church in their locality, is that the meeting is an expression of their daily living, of their day-by-day and week-by-week experience of the Lord through his word. So you notice that Brother Lee points out that it's not limited to meetings that we allow the word of Christ to dwell in us richly in all wisdom with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This should be woven into our daily living. We can read the word and psalm it, sing it, put it into a simple melody. Paul is clearly speaking about this. Then if this is increasingly our practice, our daily experience, then when we come together corporately, we express this. We overflow with this. So nothing we do in the meeting is formal. Nothing is a performance. It's an expression of how we are experiencing the Lord and enjoying him in our living. 
This is a radically different view of the Christian gathering from what is the tradition that's practiced all over the earth today. What is the common practice with its formality, with its solemnity, with its dead silence in most cases, is not remotely similar to what we see in the New Testament. So this word, although it's not a doctrinal word, it's not a theological word, it's a practical word that may have quite an impact on our personal Christian life and our corporate meeting life, and may it be so. Let's go back to Witness Lee with a focus on a deeper experience of Christ in our daily life through not just reading the Bible, but through singing and psalming in our hearts to the Lord with enjoyment and full of joy. To be scriptural, we need to sing the word in our daily life. To sing the word in your bedroom. To sing the word in your living room. To sing the word at your dining table. Not just to read, but to sing. You have to realize the longest book of the Bible was written not for reading. For singing. These are psalms. Not only for singing, but for psalming. I tell you, psalming is higher, deeper, and more profound than singing. If we mean business with the Lord, to be saturated with His living word, that we may live Him, we must practice Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ inhabit you in a rich way, in its riches. Let the word of Christ saturate you with all its riches, not by your knowledge from the mind, but by every kind of wisdom from your spirit. How? Singing. Psalming. To sing the word is much better than reading. And to psalm the word is much better than singing. When you psalm, you mute upon the word. And you enjoy the word. And you dwell upon the word. And you give more minutes for the word to saturate you. No need to say such a long psalm. How about Psalm 1? A short one. If you read, you just read through. There's no time for the word to sink into you. But if you sing, if you psalm, you open up your whole being. And you give more time to this one psalm to sink into your being, to saturate your being. Ron, what a sweet word this was today. I hope all of us, our listeners, you and me, even the brothers who are engineering this program, can get into this practice and apply the singing and the psalming particularly. This was of great interest to me in the last section, the difference here between psalming and singing. I think this will help all of us in our experience of the Lord, don't you? I have the same feeling that you do. I realize I want to pursue this personally, to reconsider before the Lord. How may I really be saturated with your word? Not only to make up little songs to sing, but to have the combination of a melody with thoughtful musing, with opening our entire being, 
And the goal is to be saturated with the element of Christ, with all of his riches. Well, Ron, this matter we touched today regarding the psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs, I think there's a realm of experience here available to all of God's people by musing over the riches that have endured through the ages. They're not songs that just come and go, get popular for a while, and then disappear. But these classic great hymns are so full of content. And so many of them came out of the authors, didn't they? This surely is the case, the truly great hymns, and not only the hymns, but I'd like to respond just briefly to this word musing. It is a thoughtful and deep consideration with a view to an experiential application of the word that is before us. Our whole being is involved. Of course, our mind is there to understand our heart to love the Lord, to believe the Lord, to open to the Lord, our spirit, so that there may be all kinds of wisdom. And we're just considering before the Lord and opening our being without reservation so that the word of Christ may dwell in us richly and saturate us with the element of Christ. And the issue of that is he fills us, he lives in us, And we spontaneously are one with him, live him, magnify him, and express him. We would just encourage our listeners as we are encouraging ourselves. Let's open to the Lord about this. Let's come to him and bring this matter to him and allow him to lead us where we've never been before and to guide us into a way of appropriating his word that we've never experienced before. I believe there's so much more for all of us as the believers in Christ to experience and enjoy. While we're out of time, we'll leave you with our toll-free number and invite you to contact us. Really, we'd like to hear your experience of your practice of singing and psalming in your hearts to the Lord, even God's Word. We all have much experience here that I think we can help one another to come into more richly. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. We have these recorded studies on every book of the Bible, available to you online, free of charge. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. You can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or add them to your podcast subscriptions, all at no charge. Once more, the website, lsmradio.com. To contact us, send email to radio at lsm.org or call us at one triple eight life study that's 888-543-3788 thanks for listening today